Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. I've thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you. This is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, as always, joined by Steven Jensen. Jensen, what are we talking about today? Oh man, so we have a lot to talk about today. Um, you know, I'm fired up. I, I've been waiting for this. Um, Drew McIntyre didn't win the title at Classic <laughs> Castle, Jeremy, and... I'm pretty, pretty angry about it. Um, also pretty angry, pretty fired up. Sting not in the AEW title tournament. So very good pretty huge stuff up. for us to talk about. Sting not in the tournament and uh in in Roman Reigns retaining over McIntyre at a uh, Clash of the Castle. So I don't know where you want to start with all this, Jeremy, but we got a lot to unpack on today's episode. They they should have just one hundred percent just given the title to Sting. He didn't even need to be in the tournament. Just hand him the title. Literally, just go here, Sting. You are Sting. This title is yours. That's what should have happened, uh, guys. Yeah, I'm down. If, if this is your first time joining us, typically, typically we talk about one thing, one thing each from WWE, from AEW, from the Indies, and from other, which will cover New Japan, Impact, things like that. Uh, we're ripping up the script today. That's the script. Yep. Up. None of that today. Today, because of what happened at All Out and CM Punk's comments and everything from the fallout, the altercation, what happened last night on television, we're going to stick to strictly this topic and try to really dive deep and really unpack everything because I've seen people compare it to, to Montreal as far as just like how industry shifting this could be. Uh, it's certainly, I don't think its impact is going to be known in these last five days, it's obviously the a huge story, probably the biggest story of the year, but this is also the same year that literally a few months ago, Vince McMahon retired. Crazy. So it's tough to like put that above that, but still this is a, a monumental story in the world of wrestling. So we are going to do our best to unpack it. So we only have one spotlight yeah. this week, Steven Jensen, and it is our AW spotlight. I'm old and I'm fucking tired. And I work with fucking children. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. I went with a remix intro. There. I like it. I mean, this yeah. is very. I mean, <laughs> it, it's perfect for today. So I was very, I was very proud of that. 
Oh, man. So, Steven Jensen, we'll just start at the beginning, I guess. CM Punk wins the AW World title. The show goes off the air with MJF's return. And 20 minutes later, no one talked about that because the press conference opens. And if you watch the official AEW feed, like I was watching, it just opens with CM Punk saying Scott Colton and just going <clears throat> off on Scott Colton, who is Colt Cabana, talking mm-hmm. about how you know he, he gave him everything, talking about the lawsuit. Then he buried the EVPs, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who couldn't manage a target. He, he buried Hangman Page for being an empty-headed dumb fuck and not taking advice. Uh, he kind of ended with, you know where to find me. If you want to find me, let's fucking go. And what? so let, let's just start there. What were your thoughts when you heard these, these comments from CM Punk? Before everything that happened after that, CM Punk press conference, okay. instead of spending his press conference talking about the match with, Mo- the match with Moxley, talking about working with MJF, talking about just his road recovery and all this stuff, which he gave a little bit of insight into. He spent the majority of this press conference burying Cabana, Hangman, the Bucks, and Omega. What were your thoughts on that? Um. Okay, so, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, obviously. But I would say, starting with, <clears throat> it, it seems like somewhat of a premeditated attack. Like it sounded like Punk was like ready to say all that stuff. Like it was, he wasn't really, he wasn't really prompted to like Nick Houseman. He mentioned something about improv. And for those who know, so, you know, yeah, Punk, if you, if you go right. to Disa, Denise Salcedo's feed, Houseman's going to ask a question and Punk just says, I'll start. And then Houseman's like, okay. And then it, Punk's like, how many of you consider yourself journalists? And people raise their hands like, oh, Nick, you consider yourself a journalist. He's like, yeah, I try. And he's like, okay, well, who are you friends with? Or did you do improv? And he's like, yeah. He's like, who'd you do improv with? And Houseman says, well, Scott Colton. He's like, are you friends with Scott Colton? Like, no, we don't see eye to eye on some stuff. And Punk says, well, that makes two of us. And then he kind of goes off from there. Houseman did not ask a question. It did feel targeted in that Punk seemed to know Houseman and Cabana had some type of connection. And the moment Houseman stood up, Punk was ready to unleash. He was again. Punk was not asked a question of like, "Did you keep, uh, did you keep Scott Colton, Cole Cabana out of AEW? Like, did did you force him to go to ROH?" That was not asked. Punk immediately jumped into, "I will start," and went from there. Yes, yes, and and Nick was one of the main guys that covered the Cabana and Punk case, dude. Yes. Yes. So like, that's that's where it gets a little bit deeper, also, because like. Nick would be the guy, like, right when Punk would leave the courtroom, Nick would be right there to, like, ask him kind of what was going on in the case and stuff. And so, first of all, this is on, like, a really surface level. Without even without even any of the words he used, when you're up on the stage just, like, eating a muffin into the microphone and, like, licking your fingers into the microphone and stuff, like, that alone is, like what a dick like seriously like like i'm serious like in the ufc we see it occasionally but that's a little different like sometimes people eat like a slice of pizza after a fight because it's like they haven't ate in like maybe a week cutting weight and like they just had an actual fight and like they didn't have any time to like decompress and like rehydrate properly and stuff so they're sitting there kind of like eating eating pizza and like drinking some water or something while while they're getting asked questions but it's like a respectful thing like everyone understands what's going on CM Punk is like 
licking his lips, smacking his his teeth into the microphone, and and every time that every time that Tony Khan tried to talk, Punk would like cut him off and be like, "I'm I'm trying to run a fucking company." It's like trying to run a business, dude. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, dude, I've been waiting. I've been waiting since CM Punk returned to be able to have a conversation like this. Because every time I bring up anything negative about CM Punk, it's always just, I just get torn up over it. Every now and then someone understands. But like, this this, this is the same CM Punk that me and you knew about in the early 2000s that was causing problems in Ring of Honor. This is the same CM Punk that, that causes problems everywhere he goes. It's the same CM Punk that, listen, I know we got to kind of go more piece by piece for this because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this. But to answer your initial question, without even answer, without even him talking about anything, the the him eating the 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 muffins alone was like you know what you're doing. Like you, you know were premeditated. You you were premeditated to hate on CM Punk the moment you saw him eating that cupcake, Stephen Jensen. Well, here's the thing. The the. I'm, I'm happy that Mindy's Bakery got a shout out. Like, that's cool. And I hope their business, you know, skyrockets. Like, I hope that, like, that's something that good that will come out of that for, like, you know, what sounds like a maybe a home. A, 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 like, I don't know much about Mindy's Bakery, but I'm assuming it's probably like a local family tied, uh, family type of business. So I hope that that is a positive that comes out of this. But, like, it, it real this stuff really pisses me off for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, so, so anyway. My my initial thoughts before you can get to what happened afterwards, Tony Khan needed to do something about that before it got to that point. Um, I love Tony Khan. I've made it very, very known since the beginning of AEW. I'm a Tony Khan guy. I think he's done a fantastic job given the circumstances. Um, he's roughly our age. He's been watching wrestling his whole life. He's like what it's it feels like how me and you would be if we had an unlimited bank account and our fig feds, like our action figure federations that like we got to actually put on national television. Like that and I, I love that about AEW and Tony Khan. But he's also in this position where like when AEW started, it, it was a much different dynamic when your roster is like Joey Janela and like you're like drinking white claws with Joey Janela after the shows and stuff and like having a good time partying Marco stunt, like, you know, all these people that like hadn't really been on TV, but, but like grinding the Indies and like, it was just, and now, and now you're dealing with like your favorite wrestlers when you're CM Punk. So it's when you're Tony Khan. So like now you're dealing with having to, having to tell CM Punk who like you're a fan of and you look up to, but you're also his boss and like de- dealing with that dynamic. And I think it's just a totally different dynamic. Um, I think that Cody leaving the company is massive. And people, once again, just shit on me constantly for bringing up Cody leaving AEW being as big of a deal as it is. I think a lot of these issues have happened since he's left. Like, I think he was a big, a big part of the glue that kept that company successful in the way that it was. Because he was the bridge between the old school and the new school. He was the bridge between sports entertainment and pro wrestling. He grew up on dusty roads in the old school way of doing things, but also proved that after he left the WWE and worked the Indies and New Japan and Impact and all that, that he that he he knew the the new way of doing things and the new work rate and the new generation and how they do. So like he was this great bridge. Same with same with AEW. He, he knew the MJFs and the Darby Allens and the people that he recruited when AEW started, and they all trusted him. When people come over from the WWE, 
Cody was in the WWE for 10 years. Like he knows what that world is like. He he can he can relate and and probably work with people like CM Punk and Adam Cole and and you know, I'm not saying all these people are problematic, by the way. I'm just saying people that come from the WWE that are, are used to a certain way of doing things. Cody understands that way of doing things. That him not being there anymore, I think honestly has been a, a big problem for for their their backstage uh, morale and stuff and i think they're going to lose a lot of wrestlers to wwe over time because of because of that um so i want to go back to you because once again we have a, i haven't even tipped i haven't even scratched the surface <laughs> of the things i want to say here but i want i don't want to sit here and just talk Jensen's for an hour fucking without you fired up dude i've been yeah no and trust me like it's it's about to get way worse too like if you don't like if you don't like see him punk like this is the podcast for you trust me so <laughs> So his comments. So yeah. his comments where, where he buried everybody. Yes, Tony Khan is is sitting there and trying to say. So one thing I found interesting is some some of it seems to stem from Tony Khan's interview with Forbes, where he was asked about, "Hey, did CM Punk have anything to do with Cabana going to Ring of Honor?" And Tony says, "No, like Punk had nothing to do with that. That was a decision." that I made. And I thought he just kind of deaded the topic right there. Like, Hey, it's over. It's done with punk had nothing to do with it. Okay. That's what the boss says. We, we accept that. And when it's kind of brought up and and Tony says like, Oh, I should have given no comment on that. And punk is like, it's not your place to like do all of this shit. (laughs) Clearly. I think that rubbed punk the, the wrong way of, I thought Tony handled it well. Like I thought he handled it well of like, Hey, the boss says this didn't happen. Okay, let's accept that. Punk could have said, like, look, you heard what Tony said. I'm telling you I didn't have anything to do with it. That's that. If Tony had said no comment, then I think that would have arose more questions, at least in my mind. But I do think there may have been a a sticking point with Punk of, like, don't comment on this at all. Don't feed into any of this bullshit that the elite, in his mind, have leaked to everybody of, like, I had something to do with Cabana. (laughs) Maybe that upset Punk in that like Tony did give a comment and even, you know, entertain the idea that he had something to do with Cabana because in his mind, all of this came from the elite. Clearly there's a lot of issues with, with punk and the elite. They, he doesn't like how they handled a lot of things. They couldn't manage a target according to him, but it seems like a lot of it stems from a lot of it stems from the elite in his mind leaking these rumors to journalists and you know davis said this sean has said this those rumors they didn't come they they didn't talk to the elite about that stuff it just seemed like it circulated it came out everyone may have pieced two and two whatever it might be but they're both on record saying that it didn't what whatever they are of cm punk holding cabana back or sending him to roh they didn't talk to the Bucks or Omega and get that from them. So, like, wh- where does that leave Punk? Again, clearly he was not happy that he thinks that's how it went. There's just a lot of issues, a lot of resentment there, and he was looking to come in there ready for something. It made for an eventful night. Made for, oh, yeah. made for an eventful night uh, to me. Um, now, anything else on the on the press conference? Or just his, just we'll, we'll stick with this. Anything else on his press conference and the comments? Yeah, it sounds like a, a he's just whining. It's just CM Punk and CM Punk. It's the same guy that we've been seeing for. Listen, when he came back to pro wrestling, like I'm not gonna lie, like his his stuff with Darby was great. I love the return. The the big return in Chicago was awesome, right? Like, 
his stuff with Kingston was great. His stuff with MJF, especially the dog collar match and the throwback entrance and all that, it was all great. Like, great stuff. Like, his actual return to pro wrestling. But this is the – this is – we're seeing why CM Punk has the reputation he has, like, right here. I mean, like, it's – so as far as the things that he said, though, um, kind of like you said, he's, like, jumping to a lot of conclusions – He's just pointing the finger at everybody else for all these things. He's really upset about Hangman making like that workers' rights comment in their in their promo and stuff. And that so that was mm. weird to me because Hangman said it. I rewatched that promo. If you rewatch it now, there's a lot of stuff that you can like read between the lines now with some extra context uh, and everything that that has come out. That was a weird thing because he said it. Punk kind of initiated it with his workers' rights comments after Sasha and Naomi walked out. So he's the one that put that tweet out there. I thought Hangman was just commenting on that. Like, you talk about workers' rights, you won't stick up for your coworkers. Like, yeah, maybe it's a shot at Cabana, that stuff. But MJF literally brought up that they sued, Cabana and Punk sued each other. So I didn't think it was any worse than that. Um, But I think there was a lot of stuff in that promo that Punk wasn't happy about, more than just that workers' rights promo. And... So, so I'm going to, I'm going to say this. If you go back and rewatch that promo, there's stuff that has come out that punk has been in the ear of Tony since like February, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to get like changes. I think Dave talked about it today of like punk didn't like how certain guys were doing things. He didn't think hangman was the guy to lead the company. He didn't think the bucks were, were the guys to lead the company. Go back and watch that promo and how calm punk is he's got his hands behind his back and everything he's talking about like you seem angry you seem to be taking this personal i'm just doing business punk comes off as a guy like i'm beating you on sunday i'm taking this title this is about to be my company you can't do a fucking thing about this and i'm just gonna sit here and just say these things and let you look stupid as you try to rant and rave and and go off about things Okay. And the, I thought the uh, build was weird at the time. Looking back at it now, it's still weird. But if you have this extra context, you can kind of see CM Punk just being a little little dickish in these promos of like, yeah, you're losing, man. I'm taking that title. This is about to be my company. And I'm sitting here. I'm cool and calm. We're about to do big business with me on top. Have fun to, with your Dark Order stuff. It's a, it's a weird yeah. promo to watch in, in, in hindsight. A lot of stuff now hits a little bit differently in, in hindsight. But that promo in particular hits very differently. But yeah, Punk's the one. It seemed like a throwaway line. And then Punk returns from his foot injury, calls out Hangman, calls him a coward. Ba- like, middles himself. He complained about you're trying mm-hmm. to middle your top baby face. But he middled himself with that promo and brought it all back up. And then, of course, everything that happened in the press conference. Yeah. Well, and also I'm going to, I'm going to point out a chat that I saw here. If it's still here. A uh, shout out. Jonathan Sanford says, Steven sounds like an incessant child whining about punk. Well, let, let, let explain this or, or riddle, riddle me this. Okay. You're CM Punk. You, you have made your name and your career off of going off script on people. Like you, the reason you are as famous as you are in the position that you're in is by taking microphones and dropping pipe bombs and going off script and going into business for yourself. That's how you got as popular and as big in the wrestling business as you are. And then when someone else does it to you, now you got this big problem with it. Like I have, I have a problem with, hip, with hypocrisy, but I can't even say the word hypocrisy like that. Like that's, 
like I, I, I might sound like I'm whining and listen, it, it might sound like that, but there's also a lot of people that agree with me. So like, if you're, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, you can't, you can't just do these things over and over and over and over again. And then when it happens to you, you're like, you, you whine about it and complain about it and leverage and leverage your, your own. This is a, this is what CM Punk does. He does it everywhere. He did it in ring of honor. He did it in WWE. He's doing it now. He gets to a certain point of leverage in a company. And then he just, he just kill, he just a cancer backstage. And then he demands him a whole bunch of stuff. He gets everything he wants. Like WWE gave him his music, more money, better merch, better cuts of everything, so on and so forth. Gave him the whole list of everything he wanted still wasn't enough. Complained about it, quit the company. And then the company starts pushing, you know, Danielson and the Shield and uh, NXT and, and all this stuff. And Punk doesn't come back because he, he's not about actually changing the business. He's, he's not about about the future and, and, and the young stars. He's about himself. He's about, he wants to be the top guy in whatever company he's in. He wants to be the champion. He wants to be, be all about him. He wants the most money. He wants the main events. Like that's, it, it just, it, that's the truth. That just is what it is. And he just keeps disguising it as like wanting to change the business and do all these things for the fans. He doesn't care about the fans. I'm sorry. He doesn't like, he cares about the fans from the perspective of the more fans he has, the more money he makes. But I don't think that he, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Like, I just, I just, I just think he's a giant hypocrite. Like you can't, you can't make your name doing these things. And when someone else does it to you, and it was such, and it was such a, a throwaway line to most people. Most, most people didn't pick up on how, how deep that, that cut CM Punk. I mean, hell, Kingston went in the ring right in front of everyone and said, Hey, the locker room doesn't want you here, man. Like right in front of everyone on a microphone. That is like, that wasn't a big deal. But like, but Hangman saying it is a big deal. You're calling this guy an empty-headed fuck who can't draw money, who hasn't done anything in the business, dude. Fuck that was you. a little that that was no. I mean, Hangman was the world champion of the company, so you kind of just buried. That's what the I'm saying. You, you buried much. everything the company has done up to this point. You're yeah. saying that he doesn't draw, that the title doesn't mean anything, that the feuds didn't mean anything, that the elite means nothing, dude. If you're if you're Tony Khan, this is an easy decision. You get rid of CM Punk and you keep the elite after the suspension. I don't I don't think there's any dude. And also, by the way, I need to make this very clear. Nobody, I've said a lot of negative stuff about the WWE over the, the last few years, but there's no way in hell anyone with the last name Levesque or uh McMahon is sitting up there at that podium and just lets that happen, like Tony Khan did. Like Tony should have should have recognized what was happening and and just Hey Punk, like, let's let's get let's get you backstage. Like, I know you just had a rough match. Like, let's talk about this, you know, privately. Like, and get out of there. Instead, he just let this guy shit on him. And that's the thing; he's shitting on Tony Khan as this is happening too. He's like talking about working with children and, and dumbasses and stuff. But he's literally doing this as he's saying it. He's like pointing his thumb to Tony Khan, being like, "These are a bunch of idiots here. They don't know what they're doing." You know, like, I'm trying to run a business, and he's like pointing at Tony Khan, and Tony's like sitting there. Like twiddling his thumbs, like I don't know what to do here. This is very awkward. It's like, dude, you need to take control of the situation. And then it gets worse. We haven't even talked about the fight yet. We'll, we'll get, we'll get there. I've never seen Steven Jensen so fired up. This is tremendous. Um, Apple Shy Jedi, thanks for, thanks for joining as a member, guys. You can leave super chats and, and stuff if you would like. Um, uh, yeah. So he buried, he buried everyone in this press conference and. So, so some people are saying, and you mentioned it, the line, it didn't seem to mean much at the time. Punk clearly took it as, as something. He took it way more personal than anybody else picked up on. 
there are reports that Hangman and Punk had a chat about it. Some type of reprimands were were handed. I don't know how how far that went, how much, uh, you know, Punk mentioned like the chance for apologizing that's over, like that's done with. So again, I don't know what Hangman said. If they did sit down in a room, Hangman did apologize, was forced to apologize, whatever happened. Clearly it still bit at Punk because six months, or not six months, three months later after the comment, Punk goes on national television, goes into business for himself, calls out Hangman, does the coward shit. Clearly that bit at Punk, clearly um, the the leaks that he um, attributes to the elite about the Cabana situation, that bit at Punk. There's a lot, there was a lot building. There was a lot building here. He just came off this match. Uh, he, he's heard all of this stuff. He let it all out. Did he go about it the best way? I don't think so. I, I think he definitely could have handled that uh, a much better way. Probably just not said anything. Tony Khan should have tried to step in, do something. A PR person should have tried to step in, do something. Somebody should have done something. But Tony Khan, he's given CM Punk this freedom. He, I, I said this, uh, I said this on a, on a show on Fightful Overbooked, and I think I've said it on here. I know I've said it on Twitter. Like, I do think there is a little bit of resentment from the elite side that punk was the guy that tony khan wanted initially mm-hmm. everyone knows that everyone knows tony khan wanted to start this with him <clears throat> punk didn't, didn't want to do it because he was like i don't know i've seen a million startups come and go i don't want to be part of it they survived the pandemic they get to the heights they get to then punk wants to come in and and right. now he's CM punk again and he's drawing the gates and he's going on top and everything i do think there's a little bit of resentment there tony clearly get has given him a lot of freedom since he's come in whether on the mic in the ring backstage whatever it might be he sees a lot of value in cm punk he's put over punk's value there's no denying punk's value uh there's absolutely no denying punk's value he's done he's done well for the company could they have done similar things without him maybe but we don't know what we do know is punk drew big numbers well we also have to be honest about this too like punk he just popped some big numbers for them but there has also been shows that hangman page is out has outdrawn in the main event there's also been uh this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. 
That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, there was another, uh, the, then the ratings. The ratings have been pretty much the same. Like, like, like Dynamite, like, week after week has been, like, it isn't like there's, like, these giant spikes happening. You know, it's, like, around the same million people watching every week. So it's not like CM, like, CM Punk, obviously... It with it a CM Punk that isn't killing your backstage morale in your locker room, like that guy is is better to have him in your company than not. I'm not saying that CM Punk is like, but I mean I'm I just need to keep that real too. Like Hangman Page proved that he can pretty much draw outside of Chicago, which is a completely different thing, but like Hangman Page was a proven world champion who drew good numbers for them when he was the champion too. It isn't like CM Punk came in and just destroyed everyone's numbers. I mean, in Chicago, once again, that's an outlier, but like, you know what I mean? Like he, he's talking like he's so above everybody else and what they can accomplish when in reality, like he really hasn't done a whole lot from the company outside of a few big spikes here and there that like were very specific to, you know, him in Chicago pretty much. So. Yeah. Punk, Punk is a draw though. Like there's no denying punk. Sure, but so is hangman. So is Kenny. So are the bucks. I'm, I'm maybe not to the same level on a mainstream, but like, but collectively, I think having the elites more valuable than having just CM Punk, just me personally. So I think doing good, just good stories and stuff. Cause the hangman and Omega story drew the hangman. I was not a fan of the, the world, the world title run for hangman. And it, yeah, the booking was a little off on that like having good stories and stuff is part of that i, I think the bucks and omega are certainly draws as well punk he is kind of a different level of, of a draw though um i i really yeah, don't think different. that th- there's there's a nine on that uh we got a lot of super chats here let me let me get to some of yeah. these and then we'll pick back up and we'll kind of get into the altercation and stuff sure. uh, the john cena promo from eleven twelve, where he said the only change punk wanted was punk being the main star sure mm-hmm. as hell resonating true uh, people bring up that promo. People have brought up the, the Triple H promo uh, as well. It's like, yeah, people can look back on this stuff. And it's like, there's maybe some truth to what they were saying at the time. Um, I'm not surprised AEW is run when you look at how his father's been running the Jaguars over the years, especially when he hired Urban Meyer. I mean, that was people. That's totally people unrelated. But like, yeah. That, yeah, that that was a disaster, though. The Urban Meyer thing was a disaster, was. though. I definitely agree, yeah. Uh, D-Lo Diggs says the fact that Punk said he wants to work with Pricks and TK didn't do a thing is baffling and it's sad when he cut Jay White off, but not Punk. I mean, Jay White was doing character stuff and Tony Khan doesn't want this to always be character stuff, which, I don't know, maybe it should be. They, no issues at the WWE press conference. Roman Reigns just sat there said acknowledge me alex mccarthy who's a coward acknowledged him and then roman reigns walked mm. off everything was good there uh, uh, no you know roman reigns didn't shoot on the usos and, and triple h and uh drew mcintyre and all this stuff he didn't shoot on any of those guys um i guess he wouldn't shoot on the usos that's his family the new day or the street profits how about that uh so yeah no issues there tony tony probably should have said something like he should have should have gone with something there. And something. He, he did it. And again, he's given Punk a lot of freedom. And 
I once he started to get rolling, I understand that it might have been tough <laughs> right, to like sure. step in at that point because you don't know what puck is going to do, and that's going into our next kind of topic on this. Well, you don't know well, what puck's going to do. Oh, go ahead. Real yeah. quick, I need to mention based on that, this is a completely different scenario if Tony Khan isn't sitting there with Punk. Like, there's a lot you can get around here if like Tony isn't at the conference and it's just Punk up there by himself. Because then you at least have the out of, like, I wasn't there, I was busy, like, I couldn't stop it. But because he was right there, that's why it's just a really bad look. And once again, I need to make it clear, I love Tony Khan. Like, I love Tony Khan, I love AEW. I want what's best for this company, and that's why this makes me so angry, because I'm obviously, for, for those of you who know me, and there's a lot of people seeing me for the first time on this show here today, I, I do the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday on Fightful Select. I've been doing it for almost four years here for Fightful, and I mainly cover independent wrestling. So I'm very, 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 very invested in AEW in their future because it's such a pipeline for independent talent. It has been since day one. So to see CM Punk be the one to come in and like ruin this dynamic, that's another reason why it bothered me so much. So I want to make that clear too, because I feel like this, you know, I, I don't like that that, CM, that Tony Khan has so heavily prioritized certain people and like neglected what kind of made the company AEW to begin with, if that makes sense. So. Fair, fair um yeah had he cut punk off who knows what would have happened if he cut his mic like punk may have just screamed regardless because he was still fired up even after he got all of that out and mm -hmm. you know he well, he said you, i'm in the locker room come find me right well and before he, that do, do you do you think do you think that he got hurt he knew he was hurt and then he just like scorched earth on everyone because he knew he was going to be gone <sighs> So Dave said that that wasn't the case. He definitely knew he was hurt. He was icing the triceps area afterwards. Right. And most wrestlers, when they get hurt in a match, they kind of know that, that they're hurt in a match. He definitely knew it was hurt. You know, Dave said that he just kind of already planned this beforehand. I don't know if that's, that's the case. Um, I don't know. I, I think if he did know he was hurt and he's just like, well, fuck it, I'm going to be out anyway. I might as well just burn the place to the ground. That makes it look worse to it me does, yeah like if you're hurt you're hurt accept that and focus on on that and be sad that like you can't do the program with mjf you can't be around to to continue to help these guys because that's what you want and then in eight months or however long you're out come back maybe you'll have a different perspective on things instead just like trying to burn everything down on your way out it looks a lot worse if you know you're about to miss a bunch of time so that, that's yeah that's my thought on it if he knew he was hurt sure. and this is why he did it that looks worse to me than it still doesn't look good if he just come in there ready to ready to do it but hey at least if uh he comes in there ready to do it and he's still gonna be around or he thinks he's gonna be around then he's gotta own up to it in the weeks <laughs> prior now he doesn't he's not gonna be around well regardless because of either suspensions maybe getting fired or now we know he's hurt um so punk was fired up he said come find me in the locker room let's go the elite came to find him in the locker room. And then there's wildly different stories depending on which side you're, you're getting mm -hmm. it from. So the Ace Steel and Kenny Omega side, or Ace Steel, Ace Steel and CM Punk side say mm -hmm. that the Young Bucks super kicked down the door uh, and they came in ready, looking for a fight. And Punk started swinging. It was all self-defense. And that, that was that his a steel's wife was in the room. She has a broken foot. He was trying to protect her. They were trying to protect the dog. And it was just completely self-defense because the young bucks and Omega came in very aggressively. The elite side 
says they didn't come in aggressively. They were trying to fight or not trying to trying to talk. CM Punk just started swinging unprompted. Kenny Omega tried to rescue the dog, get him out of the way. And then as he tried to break up the altercation between Steel Punk and the Bucks, uh, Steel bit him. A chair was thrown. Everyone seems to agree one way or another that Ace Steel bit Kenny Omega. We don't know what prompted it, but he did bite him. And Ace Steel threw a chair. Again, we don't know what prompted it, but he did throw a chair and he knocked out. I think it was Nick uh, with the chair. So those are the two things. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two things that everyone seems to agree on. How it started, who was the aggressor, and and Punk threw the first punch, regardless of intentions. Punk threw the first punch, but why he threw the first punch, who was the aggressor, that part is unclear, and we we may not know for for a little while because they are talking to some people who got suspended were were Pat Buck, Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler, uh, and Christopher Daniels. Those are neutral parties who got suspended which makes me believe that they were there trying to break up the altercation and they are suspended until everyone is talked to but those are also kind of like elite guys certainly uh nakazawa and and cutler so who knows what their role actually was uh but yeah they're they're third party neutral parties who are gonna like their side of the story is going to matter here because obviously the elite's going to present one side Omega and Steel are going to present one side, and you know the old saying, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So whatever somebody else says, is that's how they're going to piece this together. But the fight, Steven Jensen, mm-hmm. the altercation, I think we're going to have fights about this fight. Mm, so, um, okay, so first of all, like you said, CM Punk, after, you know, he's eaten this 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 muffin in the microphone and he's telling tony khan he, that, that he's trying to run a business not tony khan that he's trying to run a business he's calling adam page a empty-headed fuck and saying the young bucks or can't draw and they need to go back to Reseda and all the stuff that he says like you mentioned he says paraphrasing but yeah you got a problem with this come find me backstage and do something about it okay so if punk says all this and then he goes into a room and locks himself in behind a door. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega come to him. Now, I, I want to preface this by saying the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they're walking a fine line because they are EVPs in this company. Yes. And technically, they are Punk's bosses. So, like, this is, in, 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 to some degree, they're his boss. You know, Tony Khan's the boss. We all understand that. But, like, the EVPs are right They're executives, Tony, so. regardless. Right, they're executives. right. So, so you can't. That, that I need I need to keep it real with that as well. Like they should not be in a position to be fighting people, but these are the people that CM Punk is directly calling out as well. So it's like it's a tough, and they're also the part of the boys. I mean, these are also talent. Like it, it's a it's a tough spot to be in if you're the if you're uh, the Young Bucks and, and Kenny. Honestly, I imagine Hangman was just like so drunk on Cher's wine backstage that. Or sorry, uh, her whiskey backstage that uh, that he just, just didn't even know this was going on because I figured Hangman would be the one to get in his face. After he all. he reportedly left. He was reportedly mm-hmm. gone by that point. Okay, so um, so so that said, one thing we don't need. One thing we I think we need to figure out about this is, and this is something I relate to myself because I was in a situation like this um before when I was in college and I got in a fight with somebody once where I got in a fight with this person. We're friends to this day, but it was something stupid. We got in a fight. Um, I put this guy on the ground in like a headlock. And and I thought it was, that was it. I was just like, hey, man, like, this is stupid. Like, just stop. You know, he was doing something really annoying to everybody, you know. And so 
Um, and then he got, he stood up and he kept talking trash and he like was running the other direction, like locked himself in his room and was talking trash from behind the door. And I remember being like, I'm gonna knock this door down and just throw this guy against the wall. Like, are you kidding? You're still talking trash behind a wall. And like, I don't know if that's what punk was doing. Cause like, if it was, then like he's, he might've instigated them to, to break the door and do something about it. If not, if he just, if he was just backstage and he was saying, Hey, I'm trying to cool off. I said a lot of stuff out there that I shouldn't have, like, give me a minute. And they still knocked the door down. That's different. So like, I need to know like why the door was knocked down to begin with. Like, was it just the, the young bus and, Con- and Kenny coming in hot after the promo or was punk like continuing to instigate things and hiding behind a door? Cause like, I could definitely see that being the case as well, potentially. Um, now that all said, Y'all ready to get real, real? <laughs> I don't even need, I don't even need to know the reports backstage. CM Punk didn't beat up anybody, y'all. It just <laughs> didn't happen. You want to know why? Because he can't. Like, he can talk all the trash he wants. He, <laughs> It's so funny. Because, like, I know you said on Twitter, you were like, you know, CM Punk has MMA background. He fought in the UFC. Like, there's, you know people with no MMA background, like people know what they're talking about. Most people would still punk would still take most people in the locker room is pretty much what you were saying. And I disagree with that mainly because you also have to take into account, like you think with, with even with no MMA training, you think he had, that CM Punk has a chance against like a Wardlow or a powerhouse Hobbs or like someone that's just like much larger than him and actually athletic. Probably not. Right. So I, so I take like all those wrestlers immediately put them over punk. And then you have to look at, anyone with any shred of athleticism. So like someone like Kenny Omega just moves faster. Um, someone like John Moxley seems a lot tougher and also has some MMA training. Um, MMA or uh, Kenny, I think has actually done some MMA, uh, some amateur fights, if I remember correctly, years ago. But um, the Young Bucks, I said that might be competitive because they don't have any formal background and they're both small in stature. But I think they'd probably both be faster and uh, and probably, uh, you know, so I think it'd be uh, it'd be interesting. But my my point my point is this: if CM Punk is calling people out to actually have real fights with people backstage, that's a losing battle for CM Punk. Because like what what we're, best case scenario, what he beats someone up who has no MMA background and he does. Worst case scenario, like you know, like Angelo Parker knocks him out in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I'm just saying like. I just, I just, it's very hard for me to believe CM Punk got in any, in any kind of backstage actual fight in one that fight. I just don't see it happening. So real quickly, I'm going to, I'm going to read the super chat. Uh, unfortunately, Punk is uh, better when bitter slash angry. Hey, we were, we were waiting a long time for it, for the heel turn and bitter yeah. CM Punk and, and the bite and everything. So that happened. Let me, let me <laughs> the fiance just messaged me. Just quote, this bitch can't fight is basically what you're saying. He can't fight. No, he really can't. So so, so people need to understand this too. These people are going to go, you don't know what you're talking about, Steven. You fought in the UFC, bro. Okay, listen. The first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase his MMA career very, very, very quickly, okay? They, the UFC gave him like two years to prepare for his first fight against Mickey Gall, okay? He did nothing but train MMA. Rufus Sport. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, great team. Anthony Pettis, Duke Rufus, all those guys. Great team, okay? He had a lot of time to prepare. 
to, to set up his first fight, they put Mickey Gall against Michael Jackson. These are two, that's the actual name, or Mike Jackson, if you want to sound less silly. So you have Mike Jackson versus Mickey Gall. Okay. Mickey Gall beat Mike Jackson to get the opportunity to fight CM Punk. Because CM Punk came into the UFC, he was making half a million a fight, which is much more than most of the roster makes. Um, and he came in with a big name and he was bringing in pay-per-view. So like, I, I understand why he got paid what he paid, what he got paid and why the UFC wanted him. And, and, and he has big balls for fighting in the UFC. I'll never take that away from him. Um, he, he, it takes serious, serious balls to do what he did, but I need to also keep this in perspective. Okay. Mickey Gall torches him, but that's okay. Because Mickey Gall actually, like, it turns out he was like a fringe top 15, top 20 welterweight throughout his UFC run. Like he was a guy that CM Punk should have never been matched up with to begin with. I can let that go. CM Punk's second fight came like two years after that. So now we're talking like four years of, of MMA training with one of the best gyms in the world. And his second fight, they went back and found Mike Jackson, who's the guy that Mickey Gall lost to, to fight CM Punk originally. Mike Jackson is an MMA journalist and media guy who barely fights, who barely trains, who has a little bit of boxing background, who is not a legitimate UFC. He, he was not in the UFC when they went and found him to fight Punk because Punk was so bad they couldn't match him against anyone actually on the roster. So they had to find someone really bad at MMA outside of the UFC to fight CM Punk. This guy held CM Punk down on the ground and <laughs> laughed at the referee and tickled him on the ground. Straight up, you can find the clips. He tickled CM Punk on the ground. He had CM Punk on the ground in full mount, waving at the crowd and looking at the crowd while punching CM Punk in the face. Dana White refused to bring Mickey or refused to bring Mike Jackson back after the fight because he said that was an embarrassment to the sport. He should have taken CM Punk out much faster than that. He played with his food and that was embarrassing for everybody. So Punk didn't get another fight. Mike Jackson eventually got another fight in the UFC like three years, four years later. But like, my point is this, like you can't give anyone credit. Just I can give him credit for having balls to do it, but his skill level is not that of an, of an MMA fighter, not that of a UFC fighter. I think that that's why I just need to keep this really, really clear. You have to understand it's it's much different, much different than CM Punk. This this isn't even like Jake Hager. Like Jake Hager's fought a bunch of cans, but at least he's like actually fighting people. Like Bro Brock Lesnar, completely different scenario. Super success story in, in uh, UFC, but he had an actual athletic background going into it. So that's why I just need to keep it keep it in you know. I just need to keep it real when it comes to this whole CM Punk fought in the UFC. And so he's a tough guy. You can beat people up thing. Cause I, I legitimately don't think that he is. I think he's a guy who gave it a real good try and he's trained for like four years and he still couldn't beat a journalist. <laughs> My point well, of that tweet one, I was just, you know how I am on Twitter. I fuck around. I, I got, got a lot of, I had some heat yesterday from, from people for, for fucking around. People think I'm taking yeah, sides. Twitter's been great the last few days, man. I've very, very much enjoyed it. Thank you. I do think people are dismissive of punk fighting uh, and because they've just seen him get beat up. And, but like he has trained. Look, am I favoring sure. him in, in fights against certain people who are just going to come in there and scrap? It might be bigger and more athletic. Absolutely not. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, make it seem like that but i do think people are just dismissive of like oh he can't fight but like well, he's got some training and stuff sure, it does depend on the does. matchup styles makes fights styles make fights steven jensen uh, and if people are biting and throwing chairs well that's one style that uh, <laughs> a steel is gonna is gonna mm -hmm. win that fight probably 
I don't want to get get into the whole big fight. Jensen is he's going off. I, I'm I'm just turning the reins over to you. At this well, I mean, point. people in the chat are like, "Well, Punk Jet is the worst fighter in UFC history," and the guy who's the second worst in UFC history is the guy who held him down and tickled him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so you know, I I you know, if CM and the the reason I'm so fired up about this and I'm bringing this up because if this is true, like. Imagine a scenario where UFC veteran CM Punk goes backstage and he throws a punch at one of the young bucks and like just in the story we're all talking about is the trainer throwing a chair, biting somebody. We don't get any confirmation of like Punk knocking anyone out. Like, you know what I mean? It just sounds silly. It's like you called people out at a press conference to come find you backstage. They came, found you, you threw a punch. And then all anyone's talking about is how lame your trainer is who threw a chair at somebody's face and how you threw a punch that apparently didn't knock anybody out. So. Well, this fight happened, Stephen Jensen. And now the fallout from it all is a bunch of people got suspended and Punk had to vacate the the world title, which was probably going to happen anyway because of this injury. And then the elite had to vacate the the trios titles because whatever their part is in this so people are suspended there's still an investigation going on with, with everything if you're tony khan like how are you we have a little bit more information now than, than we did previously if you're tony khan and you know, punk's injury you can't you can't take that out of the equation here sure like, how are you handling things if you're a tony with, with everything we kind of know right now obviously the tony should have more information than us yeah i'll say this like I know earlier on the show, I was like, if you have to make, if you have the ultimatum and it's like, you have to keep the elite or keep Kenny or sorry, or keep um punk. I would keep the elite because like they're EVPs. They're a big part of the company. They're a big reason the company exists, right? Like in hangman too, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And they, they, they slow belt him to the world title. And, and, and so I think like the, hang, I think hangman Kenny and the young bucks, like they really need to be a part of AW's future. So if you had to pick one or the other, I would get rid of CM Punk. That said, I'm never, and I'm stooping to kind of a lower level than I normally would when I'm saying a lot of this stuff because I'm fired up about it because it has to do with CM Punk. And I and I and I thought and I I was afraid these kind of things were going to happen when he came into the company. I really was, and they're happening now. Um, that said, honestly, a perfect scenario for me would be everyone just gets over it and like punk stays in the company and they work it out to be completely honest. Like I honestly, like as, as biased as I sound, as mad as people are getting at me in the chat right now, I'm sure like, I, you know, it just doesn't, sometimes you can be the best athlete in the world or the best entertainer in the world or whatever, but it's sometimes it's worth it. And sometimes it isn't, you know what I mean? Like some, like in a, we don't know yet for punk. I feel like the value he's brought to the company in certain points has been very, very huge, but in other aspects, the, 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 the way the rating for dynamite has been stagnant pretty much since he's been there. I, I don't, I don't, but I also am not the kind of person, no matter how angry I get about something, I'm not the kind of person who ever calls for somebody's job. I'm not going to be like that today either. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and hope that CM Punk gets fired because I don't hope it. I don't, I don't want anyone to get fired. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to get fired from their job. And, you know, I'm that's not that person who wishes that kind of stuff on people. I'm not going to be like that. Fired. Who? Joel Pearl. Oh, Joel. Um, but, uh, 
so I want to I want to be honest about that too. As fired as as fired up as I am about this, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lower myself to 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 be like I want this guy to get fired. I'm not gonna say that. Um, what I will say is he's injured. Most likely he's gonna be out for a long time either way. But there needs to be an actual consequence to it, in to some degree. Like it can't just be that he got injured and he gets to sit out with his injury, and they're just gonna count that as a suspension, because there needs to be like an actual suspension. Um. Now the timing is going to be interesting too, because if he's out for like eight months and they want to suspend him on top of that, we're talking maybe like a year yeah. before we see him again. And by then, is he going to be more disgruntled or will he have a lot of time to like, you know, calm down and like get things figured out and patch things up. But then what's to stop this from happening again? Cause it happened to ring of honor happened to WWE. It's happening now. Like, and, and he doesn't really have any options beyond this. Like he's not going to get, he's not going to go back to the UFC there's no he's up in this in this tough spot where even if he wanted to compete in MMA, he's too big of a name and is going to demand too much money, rightfully so, that he can't fight on like the amateur level. And and you know, and in like WWE, like that might be an option, especially with the new regime. But he that's really, you know, tucking your tail between your legs and in 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 you know what I mean. If you're CM Punk, I don't know if you want to if you want to do that to yourself, but maybe, maybe things are just way different now for him and for the company to where they could make that work now, which is possible, but it just feels like CM Punk doesn't have a lot of options and he's getting up there in age and he's very injury prone now, clearly. Um, so like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what, he, what the best case for punk is. Like you say all this stuff and you fight people backstage and like, what if the company does get rid of you? Like, I, I, I think that he went into this thinking he was so above all of this that he could just say and do whatever he wanted. And Tony was just like such a big fan that like, he just, I think Punk thought he was going to say what he said. And then, and then like, he was going to go away for a while. And I think that he thought they were going to take it to heart and be like, yeah, Punk's right. Like we should have done this different, that different. We should push this person, that person, Tony should do this or that. But instead it all just totally backfired. And they were like, no one agreed with what he was saying. You know, and, and if that's and, if that was his plan, he should have said that in nicer tones. No, no, <laughs> no, I totally agree. <laughs> but that's but once again, this is also as upset as I am about it. This is also I'm upset about it because we've seen the pattern of it over you know the last 20 years of us watching this guy in multiple companies. But at the same time, we should know that this is coming too. You know, like to a degree, I as like you know that this is how CM Punk is. So, like, you got to kind of be prepared for it also. And I don't know what – and also, honestly, you know, them doing these these scrums, I think, is a really cool idea. Like, I used to really like when Dana used to do them in the UFC after the big press conferences. He'd stay – he'd stick around with the reporters and do the scrums for, for just the media. And I thought that was really, really cool that he would do that. You get a lot of really good insight and, in like, what the next fights were going to be and really get into Dana White's head. But – I think they need to either stop doing these scrums after these, after these pay-per-views or have like, like a PR person do it or something, but like they, they need, because the, the, the real unfortunate thing about all this, and this is something that I think we could all agree on, whether you, whether you agree with what I'm saying about CM Punk or you don't. And also you got to keep in mind y'all, like I'm fired up. Cause I've, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit on Tuesday with Doug on, on my other show, but like, I was keeping a lot of this bottled up. I was trying not to tweet a lot because I, I wanted y'all to hear my my real thoughts here on today's exclusive. show. Exclusive, exclusive. Like, Steven Jensen. Yeah, for sure. But but you know, the saddest part about all this, honestly, outside of like the dissension in the locker room, is we had an awesome pay per view on Sunday, 
and and MJF, like MJF's return, like this is all getting overshadowed and the matches were great and, and the acclaimed was mega over and like the punk and mox match was was really good and, and it's like th- that was a great show and instead we're talking about all this bullshit afterwards and you know honestly if y'all ask me a few weeks from now the same conversation i might have i might have cooled down and i might be a little less biased and also once again it's, the, the the evps are not blame free I need to make that clear. Like they shouldn't be fighting anybody either, especially being in the position that they're in. Being yeah, AK, AKW beats sent, sent that super chat. Punk is a nice. Yeah. Uh, however, the EVP should be fighting talent under any circumstances. I'm enjoying the show, guys. Thanks, buddy. So you know, so I, I think that's you know the, the, these are that, that's very fair. Like the EVPs need to kind of take the high road, but at the same time, Punk's literally telling you, "Come find me and do something about it," and it's like. It's a tough spot to be in. Once again, Tony should have shut it down immediately, but he also got just like caught completely off guard. And like you said, once the ball, once it started rolling, once the snowball kept getting bigger and bigger going down the hill, I think it was just harder for Tony to stop. Um, but then also, I got to be honest, like right after that, he stayed up there and kept doing the interviews. He should have went backstage and, and, and diffused the situation immediately. I don't think he should have stayed up there and kept taking questions from the media right after that. He should have went. He should have went back with Punk, I think. Um, I mean, Chris Jericho is capable of doing an interview himself. You know what I mean? He doesn't need Tony there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if Tony needs to to sit up there and be up there the, the whole time because I, I he didn't used to do this uh, beforehand. He used to – I feel like this just started last year. Uh, but in the early press conferences, it was just the talent that, that came up there. And then now it's become Tony sits up there the entire time with them and i feel like it did start last year with the, with all out and may, maybe it happened previously I, I can't recall um but i i definitely remember it happened because he was sat up there with like danielson and everything oh uh, but yeah it used to just be the talent that was up there and then tony would come on later uh what would help these press conferences in, in my opinion is that if john moxley had just won that man would have just sat up there drank his non-alcoholic beverage talk about how great he is talk about how he just wants to beat everybody's ass in the ring not backstage and that'd be that but you know they, they put the title on cm punk so they you just make the correct right. decision on screen and you won't have these problems off screen that's that's uh that's where i'm going at um well, as far as like what's going to happen with with cm punk clearly the elite are suspended so, yeah, a lot of people yep. are suspended i think the elite it seems like they're going to be suspended past grand slam because if they weren't going to be suspended past grand slam i don't see a reason to strip them of the titles just like announce their next match uh, and they'll be like here's when they'll be back but they didn't they didn't get mentioned at all last night uh they weren't in the opening video packages same thing with cm punk none of these guys got mentioned nobody was in the opening video package so it seems like the elite are suspended past grand slam punk he's he's out regardless he's out it seems like six to eight months regardless right now does that count like towards his suspension I don't think it should. Does it make it tougher to fire him because he got injured in this match? And yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of legal issues that I don't know anything about. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about, but it could make it tougher to be like, hey, we can't fire this guy. Even if we pay for his surgery, even if we pay for his medical and stuff, uh, like he's still got to be under our contract somehow. And then maybe they hope in eight months plus a suspension, but at least eight months, um, that cooler heads have prevailed, that things have changed, that punk has a different perspective. Maybe that's the hope. 
do I think that'll happen? I don't think there's a lot of evidence based on Punk's history that that's going to happen, but you never know if this guy thinks that's his last shot and he does see that, like, fuck it, let's set all this aside, let's make some money off of this because that's what Punk's all about, right? He's all about the money. Then maybe that becomes a thing. People people saying it's a work, like, no, it is not, okay? If you it's wouldn't a overshadow work, MGF's return and stuff like that like It's this. the dumbest and, and work the, ever yeah, because yeah, you you're not banking anything off of it right yeah. now. Now, th- does that mean it maybe does it, it can't turn into a work down the line? Sure. Like, I don't think the MJF stuff was a work initially, and then they hashed it out, and now it turned into a thing where they were able to work it and get him away, and then he came back and everything. It, could they turn this into something, into money-drawing program down the line? Absolutely. People can set egos aside to make money. It happens all the time. But is it a work right now? If it is, one, they're great actors. Two, a, it, it serves no purpose at the moment to, to work this, because what is the point of taking all these guys off of television for, and for this, for, to do this. Like, right. it's just, it's yeah. absolutely stupid. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like it's a work at all. Please. If it, if they end up, if a year from now we get Kenny Omega and CM Punk at full gear, please don't come back and be like, see, I told you everything a year ago was a work. No, just shit changed. Okay. People right. decided to work together a year later and put differences aside. Shit change. People change. That can happen. Doesn't mean at this moment right now it's a work at all. It's stupid. Let's talk about what actually happened on the pay-per-view and the fallout from everything. So the pay-per-view ends with MJF is back. We had in the earlier, in the opening match, we had the casino ladder match. Uh, MJF as the Joker won that, didn't reveal himself. And then later in the night, after CM Punk wins the title, lights go down. MJF, a voicemail plays from Tony Khan. That is like, you know, come back. Don't let the fans down. What's it going to take? Here's what I'll do. You could be in the ladder match. You don't have to sign an extension. I'll pay you X amount of money. It was bleeped out. And then MJF revealed himself as the Joker, came out, stood on top of the ramp, confronted Punk. That was obviously going to be the next big program. And then, you know, CM Punk got hurt. So that was going to ax the program anyway. Then the program just got axed even more with, with this press conference. Titles vacated. They're doing a tournament. MJF opens Dynamite last night with a promo. He's a babyface, and then he's a heel. Television-wise, what did you think of MJF's return and now direction? So it's still in relation to Punk because it's all tied together. Sure. So so I I love the return of MJF. Um, I knew it was him when, like, when Stokely grabbed that chip and, like, they were playing Sympathy for a devil. real winner of the ladder match. Yes, that's true. That's true. And people, there's a lot of people that I saw on Twitter, like, man, Stokely and MJF, I never thought of this ever happening. Like, this is, this is going to be awesome. And I'm like, y'all got to go back and watch the dream team because they were together on the Indies and like Stokely and MJF were awesome together. So like, I'm really looking forward to them doing stuff together on AEW television. I'm not sure how much I like the, the Stokely stable yet, but I, uh, I, I, the verdict's out on that still though. Like I think Morrissey still has a lot of potential that's untapped. Um, and he's gotten a lot better since leaving WWE and like you got the ass boys have a lot of potential. I've always been a big Ethan page guy. So like, and I, I love Lee Moriarty. He has a ton of potential as well. I think he'll eventually be a part of the Blackpool combat club, but I think it'll be a while, but um, so I, I like what I, and I love Stokely Hathaway. I love the dynamic of him next to Morrissey. Also. I loved, I love Stokely working with giant dudes 
and then he just talks all this smack for like these guys that are like triple his size. I, just, I, I love the dynamic. Um, but yeah, when, when MJF, he, he, he wins the, the chip and then, you know, at the end of the show, he comes out, I, I, like you said, I thought the voicemail was really cool how they put that in there and they bleep the amount of money. Um, and they, and they answered all the, all the questions that the, that the hardcore audience had about MJF in that, in that voicemail too. It was like, I'm not going to make you sign an extension. I'm going to put you in the, in the, in the joke and as the Joker, um, I'm going to give you bleep amount of money. You just, you, this is your last offer. You got to come to, you got to come to the pay-per-view. So I thought, I thought, I, I liked how they played that. And then, uh, yeah, yesterday at, uh, at Dynamite, I thought it was hilarious. Comes out in a Josh Allen jersey. Um, <laughs> just, he starts an AEW chant immediately. And I was like, oh man, this is great. Um, and you know, it wasn't going to last long. I mean, it's MJF, like, you know, but I, I, I liked it. I liked that because, because you knew he was going to get a pop initially so like you might as well use that so like let him get the pop let him come out and like pretend like he's trying to get cheered and then when you get the opportunity turn it and also mox's uh promo last night was incredible yeah so like i like what they're doing here Try. i mean the great thing about AEW and the roster is like yes at certain points it's it's too talent stacked and like certain people don't get on the show and there's people who have been leaving the company or reportedly trying to leave and stuff. And it's a, it's a bloated roster, but with that comes the advantage of when you lose a Kenny Omega, the young bucks and, and CM Punk, you still have stuff like what we had last night, which was an awesome show from, from top to bottom, in my opinion. So, um, so as far, but as far as MJF specifically, I, I like that they were, I think that was, it was clever to have him come out and play up to the crowd because he was going to get cheered anyways and then have him turn, but he's going to get massively cheered in New York at Grand Slam. So I'm interested to see how they, how they work with that dynamic. Uh, real quickly, Dex Baker, thank you for the super chat. He says the problem with making the storyline eventually, I have no interest in seeing any of the matches. Can't get excited for punk versus Omega. Hey, look, if you're not excited for that, you're not excited for that. I think a lot of people will be excited for that. Um, do you think, do you think what they do at the pay-per-view at Grand Slam, do you think they like, they do the tournament, and then MJF cashes that chip in at the end of the show and just beats whoever won the tournament for the title. It's not a like a, a cash in. It's not like money in the bank though, because I thought well, that maybe uh, at the end of All Out, like he could just right. do that and just beat Punk and take it. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just like, hey, this is when I'm getting my title shot. Could they like switch it up? You know, change the rules? Sure. Like it's wrestling. You, you right. can always do that. Well, that's my thing. Is like last night, I just it just caught me. I noticed how MJF said that last night where he, when he was on the mic, he was like, I get a title shot whenever the hell I want. And it was like, right. does that mean? And, and also like, if we want to get very, like real literal, it's a poker chip. So like, shouldn't he be able to cash in the poker chip? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Know? With you. Like, but they, but it also is very WWE. Up. I mean, they're literally taking money in the bank from WWE if they do that though. So that's, I get that too. They could certainly do it that way. I just don't think they're going to do it that way. Um, I think that's going to probably be the the full gear match is MJF against whoever whoever the champion is. Uh, all out, MJF's return. I thought that was well done because it played off a, a couple things. We all kind of thought MJF was coming back soon. We all kind of thought he was going to come out at the end of All Out, and he did. Some people thought that he was going to be the Joker. I didn't think that spot made sense for him just because it seemed like a waste, but the way they did it, yes. it, it made plenty of sense. 
So I don't think they wasted the, the Joker spot on him as far as just like, he didn't have to, he didn't come out as MJF. He came out as the Joker and he had other people doing his bidding. I thought that was great. Um, and then, yeah, the, the reveal at the end, I thought was very good as well. I thought everything at all out was good last night. Not the biggest fan uh, in the world with, with everything. And, and here's why I understand they had to rewrite a, a lot of that. Like that, this clearly was not the, this specific direction for MJF. He was clearly going into a feud with CM Punk. How much that changed the material of everything, I don't know. Um, But he was clearly going in a different direction. The material last night, it was one big jab at CM Punk, which was hilarious because it was just Mm like, I'm back after three months. Hey, everyone loves me. AEW, AEW. And the moment he gets called on his bullshit by John Moxley, (laughs) it's like, oh, wait, (laughs) I'm just MJF again. Again giant jab at cm punk at least that's how i read it i i've seen a couple other people read it that way maybe maybe not but you know how AEW can be um but i didn't like just the the material of yeah, i'm gonna cash in this chip gonna go to wwe 2024 contract it's the same mjf we had seen and like after that promo he cut in june after double or nothing like after that after three months of anticipation and build and waiting and the thing they did it all out, which was really good. There's no mention of Stokely. I don't know if they're still aligned. We saw Stokely a little bit later on, but I don't know if they're still aligned. If they are great. If they're not like, okay, what happened? If they're just mercenaries, cool. He just paid people. Fantastic. Like they just, he just paid people. I get that. Uh, But there was no mention of that. It just felt the same to me. And I was hoping for a little bit different after the promo he cut three months ago and after a three-month uh, build with, with everything and him being gone with everything. Yeah, maybe they had something different in mind, and then because of everything that happened with Punk, it was just like, well, this is the re- direction we're going to have to go now. I think what MJF did well was because it was so much of the same that, that we had seen, John Moxley's promo came off even better. Of He's like, you know what? F- like, fuck off, dude. This is not about you right now this isn't about any of your bullshit this is about like aw what it stands for that title what it means like me going after that knocking out the park all this stuff like me like redeeming like just moxley's promo was so damn good and just like really took the reins retook control of everything and again i thought the whole thing was just a giant jab at CM Punk of like, get the fuck out of here. Like this shit ain't about you right now. Like this is about the company as a whole. And Moxley's certainly the guy to do that. And that's why if they just had Moxley win at full gear or uh, all out, we wouldn't have any of these issues. We just have John Moxley being the champion and doing cool shit and getting into cool matches on television and saying fucking shit and, you know, being John Moxley. Instead we got CM Punk. So they should have just had Moxley win. That's my entire point. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like a, the the MJF the the material. I wanted just a little bit more, a little bit different from it. And it it might not even be their fault. It might have just been this is the pivot we went to. It's clearly a pivot they went to. This is just right. what they decided. I think they could have just pivoted a different way because in the forced pivot. I, I feel the same way you do about like the pivot because like I it clearly I mean clearly the biggest feud in M, in AEW going forward was gonna be CM Punk versus MJF so um so yeah I think they're just trying to do the best with what they can but yeah you're right I mean all this too I mean it 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 sucks that this did this to Moxley who like I thought was a great AEW champion and um 
and now Punk's gonna go down as a guy. It's just it's just crazy how this worked out. Where like Punk never defended the title, like he won it twice but never defended. Kind of Conor McGregor style. <laughs> if you want to make some MMA comparisons, we can compare uh, MMA, we can compare Conor McGregor to CM Punk now. Um, but uh, I, uh, I yeah, I can buy it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but so yeah, never defended the title, which is just crazy because like when CM Punk won it initially, we were all like really excited for like this long CM Punk, like magical title run, you know what I And mean? I will, I will say this in, in fairness to, to CM Punk, when we talk about like his drawing and everything, he never got the opportunity to, to show what kind of draw he could be That's fair. as Very champion. Fair. And, yeah. you know, it was, he did the stage dive that, that broke his foot. And then he, he did the dive. It's wrestling. It happens, sure. but he got injured both times and then on top of the injury he did what he did at all out so we never got to see cm punk kind of prove himself if he could be a draw as as champion i do think that is a shame because it's gonna it's gonna muddy a lot of the is cm punk a draw not a draw context that people want to have i think that's a really good point it's a really good point because we never got to see like the full um like the full like the the how how are you I don't know how to articulate what you just said, but I agree with what you're saying about like, we never got to see a real title run of punks. So we never got to see the true value of him on top in that company long-term. So I, I agree about that. I think that's a really good point that you made. Um, and, and also, like you said, there was a lot of jazz throughout the show. Like Chris Jericho on the microphone last night was like, this is my effing company and no one's taking this away from me ever. You know, like this is my locker room, you know? Um, so like, there's, there's a lot of, there, there was a lot of jabs last night, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of sides being taken over all this. I hate that it's going to affect MJF like this because I agree with what you're saying too about that. Like, was it the most? I mean, would you like to see something maybe a little different from MJF right now after the the long hiatus and and the build for his return and all that? I I agree with what you're saying, um, but at the same time, it's like they have to pivot, like like we're both saying as well. And it's like they're now they got to focus on this tournament for the next, you know, two weeks to crown a new world champion. And they at least did a good job of explaining like that um, MJF's not in the tournament because he has the poker chip. So like, why would he have to go yeah. through that? Um, I would have maybe liked to see it to where like, he's just in the finals, like the poker chip just gets him into the finals because that's a world title match. And then he would just wrestle whoever made it to the finals for the title in New York. I think that would make the most sense personally. But, and one thing I, I don't want to see happen is like, I like, I, in theory, I like the idea of like cashing in the poker chip, like a money in the bank briefcase, you know, whenever uh, shock value, excitement, so on and so forth. But like, I, what I don't want to see is the devaluing of the world title to where like we see another situation where like Danielson or Moxley or somebody, or, you know, the, I'll tell you what the biggest tell will be. If somehow Darby Allen wins this tournament, MJF's coming out and be- beating him for the title, I think, right away. Because MJF and Darby have history going back to the beginning of AEW. And I could see maybe that being something where, like, Darby somehow runs the table and gets to the world title, and MJF ruins that for him. Um, and then that's the feud going forward would be MJF and, and Darby, which I which personally, I would love to see that. Um, as, like, a kind of a substitute for Punk. Obviously, Punk and Darby both very different, but it could be really good, especially with the involvement of Sting being involved in that as well. And that story and stuff there, I think it'd be good. So, um, but I'll, but, but what I don't want to see though, once again, is like the devaluing, devaluing of the title where like 
a champion we crown a new champion and then like minutes later we already have a, a different champion and now like we've gone from the prestige of like the long jericho title run the long mox title run the long omega title run the long hangman title run and now it's like punk punk gets hurt mox drops the belt punk gets hurt someone wins the title cash in like you know what i mean i just don't want like to get too murked or murky i should say because I think AEW's done such a good job with their world championship of like making their 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 title super credible and being very selective about who holds those belts. So um I just want to throw that out there too. Who do you think wins this thing though? You think Danielson? I mean, I know you're a Danielson guy, and so am I. I you know, Danielson and Jericho are, are you know, but I I love Moxley, I love Darby. Like I, I I like everyone in the tournament. I think the the biggest match that they can do is Moxley and MJF right now. Um, I, I think Moxley wins wins the belt. I think, and then I think uh, Moxley and MJF headbuns full gear. I, I think that's the biggest match they they can do right now. I want Danielson to to have the title, have his run, and everything. I don't necessarily think he needs the title, but I, I think Moxley and MJF is is something that that could be pretty big for them. And so I that that's where I think that they're going, and it plays off the story of. MJF losing to Moxley a couple years ago when Moxley cheated by, by using the death rider and everything. So yeah. like there, there's, there's history there. There's even history just last night uh, with, with the promo segment between those two. So I think that's the biggest match they can do right now. That's what I suspect. I think we're going to get Danielson and Moxley in the finals as well. I, I think that's the biggest match they can do for a grand slam finals. We just saw, moxley and jericho i think moxley it's going to be moxley regardless i don't think we're going to see sammy or, or darby in the finals that'd be a hell of a risk uh by by tony khan and i i got no issue with, with darby sammy they're both they're both good wrestlers and everything i just i don't think they're they're there right now to to be the guy to to lead the company so i think we're going to get moxley and danielson in the finals but you know respect blackpool combat club all that let's fight together and just have a great fucking wrestling match. And I do think Moxley comes out on top on that. And then it sets up Moxley and MJF for full gear. That's where I think they're going. I like it. I like it. I like all these options. I'd love Danielson to win it too, you know, or Jer. I mean, any of them, anyone in this tournament, I'm fine with, to be honest. Like, I, I mean, I, I, Sammy's a little different because I know the crowd's like real lukewarm on him. He's really polarizing. Um, but like, he's, he's the part of, he's one half of the best couple in wrestling history. Hey. I don't, I want Sammy. You know what? Fuck it. Put the belt on Sammy. Have Sammy and Ty doing doing their vlogs where they're traveling all the title and doing whatever they're gonna do with, with the title and, and and you know what they like to do with titles from from what we've been told on television. Just let them be. Let them be co world champions. It'd be great. Put the belt on Sammy Guevara. That's where I'm at. Yeah. All right. I know, I know you're not, I know you're not being honest about that, but I would, uh, honestly, if it was me personally, I, I just, I, I'd run it with Darby. I just go with something different. A guy who's been a day one, like really prove to your roster. If you're Tony Khan, I feel like it's like, yeah, we kind of lost our way a little bit. And listen, they had to sign the people they signed. Like they had to sign CM Punk when they had the opportunity, they had to sign Adam Cole. They, they had to sign Miro. They like, there's, I'm not faulting AEW for making these moves at all. Like it's helped their company. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not delusional by the way, y'all, to where I think like, you know, no ex WWE wrestler or, or, you know, any UFC fighter or whatever. Like I, I think there's value in a lot of these people being a part of AEW. I really do. But 
I also think it'd be a kind of a cool thing for Tony to, to really show the locker room. Like, listen, all right. We had some tough times. We're getting that sorted out. Darby's been here since day one. And like, which is let's roll with him. Like it's been three years of, of us building this guy and you know, like, why not? Why not Darby? You know what I mean? Like just, and, and once again, he has the history with Mox. So like if he beat Mox in the tournament, that'd be a huge win for him. Finally getting that W he has the history with MJF. Um, you know, I, I just think it'd be, I, and once again, you can't go wrong with really anyone in this tournament, but I think it would be a, in, in, in Scott's chaplain saying, obviously you didn't see rampage spoilers. You're right. I didn't. I'm actually trying to avoid that. Someone's probably going to put them in the chat now that I am, but, uh, I'll play rampage, but please. yeah, please, please don't spoil rampage. What I'm assuming is Darby probably already lost, if it's the best. but, um, but, but Hey, but Moxley and, and, uh, and Danielson would be a great option. And they're also really smart with how they've booked Danielson already. Like he lost to Jericho, but then he won last night against Hangman. So he's already got like his spot back to be like right at the title level. You know what I mean? So if he, if he ran it, if he ran the table and won the world title, uh, you know, he's, he's still one of the best in the world. So, um, so and maybe even the best in the world. I know you consider Danielson to be the best Danielson in the world. And I don't, yeah. Hey, he's I'm not going to argue like- it. Danielson can lose matches. That's the thing. Like he right. can lose and people don't care because he's Brian Danielson and he's great. And that's, that's what happens with top guys and top draws. Yep. As long as you don't just beat them like a drum, like this is simply what happens. You can lose matches. Guys get over in the process of losing. And the guys who lost don't have to, you know, they don't take a hit because they're already well-established and they just have great matches. Uh, Wiley, Wiley Rojas says, make it a triple threat at Arthur Ashe mid-fight, like cash-in. Uh, mid fight, but uh, still before a champ is decided, so he wins without a transition. I don't think it's a cash in gimmick. That's my only issue. Maybe now, maybe there is thing for Granby says Fred Durst for world champion. You cowards, let's I think go. Advocates. Yeah, let's go. Advocates for life for that. <laughs> um, now maybe there is a, an avenue where, and I don't think this would make sense from MJF's perspective, but there is an avenue of like. I'm just going to insert myself and make it a triple threat match. I think it from, from his perspective, it's just, or maybe he's like, you know what? You guys beat the shit out of each other. I'll come in here and I'll just like come in there. But if it's like Danielson against Moxley, they're probably both just going to try to attack him and everything. So from MJF's perspective, I don't think it makes sense for him to insert himself to do a triple threat. He'd probably rather have like a one-on-one deal, but there is a Avenue where MJF is like, you know what? Instead of one-on-one, I'm going to use my chip to make this uh, a triple threat match. What Not mid match, like before. Right. Sure. No, I, I'm with you. And I, I like that idea. Um, and then that way you don't have to have a transitional champion in between either, um, which I like too. I mean, they could even do something kind of along the lines of like the voicemail that we heard something similar to that. where like, or even along the same lines, maybe not exactly this, but something along these lines where like, it's like a conversation we hear between Tony Khan and MJF and MJF's backstage going like, or on the phones talking to Tony. I don't want, I don't want Tony Khan to be more involved in television than he's already got got to be involved in television. Well, where I'm going with this though, it makes, I think you wouldn't be as upset with something like this would be because we already heard the voicemail of him bringing back MJF and like giving in to him to bring him back to the show and not extending him and giving him a bunch of money. What if like the story kind of going forward is MJF being like, Hey, I've got the leverage now. I've got the chip. Your stars are gone. You need me now more than ever. And Tony's like, all right, Max, like I, you're right. I'm, I'm up against the wall. Like you, you do have the poker chip. I need you now more than ever. 
you can cash in whenever you want. Like, fuck it. Like, just, just, just stop bothering me. Keep showing up stop to the show. You, you can like, like stop bothering me. Keep, you should make sure, as long as you're showing up, you can, you can cash in the chip whenever you want. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's something like, maybe something like that where they basically just change the rules of how the chip works specifically for MJF. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> stop bothering. Just leave me the fuck alone. Stop, All right. I got, enough, I, got, I got a I lot got to deal with right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot to deal with right now. Just Can't cash in the chip, whatever you want. Just keep showing up to television. <laughs> Can't deal with your bullshit right now, Max. <laughs> Uh, Steven Jensen, let's put a put a bow on this entire CM Punk topic and the, this fallout. Final thoughts mm-hmm. on everything. Take take some parting shots at CM okay. Punk for today. All right, y'all. Um, I know there's a lot of people that disagreed with me today, and there's also a lot of people that did agree with me today. Um, regardless of where you stand on this, I I'm coming at this very biased for a, in a bunch of different directions. Um, I'm biased against CM Punk and his MMA run because I covered MMA during the time and I had to be very involved with that. So I just see it through a different lens than a lot of people do. I'm biased towards AEW because I love the company. I'm a day one AEW guy. Um, I mean, I even, this is how, how hardcore I am for this company, right? On New Year's Eve, which was in, I can't remember the year now, I guess 2019 probably. Maybe it was 2018. I can't remember now. It's been so long. The pandemic has screwed up everything for me because I feel like 2020 to 2022 was like one year. So it was. Um, but I I literally broke away from the the New Year's party I was at to get on my phone and watch the BTE New Year's Eve episode to see what the big announcement was gonna be that they've been building up for on BTE for months. And that was when you know they announced that they showed their phones and it was the AEW logos and the double or nothing logo, and like like from that day, I was like, it's actually happening. Like, this is my company. I, I'm going to do everything I can to support this. And so I, I am a, I'm a loyal, loyal AEW fan. I've spent so much money on AEW pay-per-view in their action figures and their merchandise. And like, I, I, even the CM Punk stuff, like I'm still trying to buy CM Punk's action figure after everything I said about him today. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm biased in a lot of ways. I'm also biased as a fan of just professional wrestling and of people's attitudes and and just wanting everyone to be successful so like at the end of the day this is how i'll wrap this up for my thoughts on this i think this was all totally avoidable i think that tony khan should have done a better job as the leader i think cm punk shouldn't have uh went in so hard um and said all the things he said i think there's a fine line between defending yourself and like making a mockery of your company right in your boss's face um but that said I'm also not calling for people to lose their jobs because I'm not that kind of person. So like, I'm not going to sit here and say punk needs to be fired or the, I I think the EVPs are in the wrong too. I made that clear. I think they shouldn't be fighting anybody either being EVPs in the company. Um, And I think CM Punk should have done a lot of the stuff that he did. And unfortunately we have seen this pattern of behavior from CM Punk for 20 years. And even if he goes away for a year and he comes back and he's happy and it's all good and it's, let's all get free ice cream bars, CM Punk again. How long is it before he's this guy again? You know, I just feel like it's just a constant cycle and it just is what it is. Um, But I'm not saying I don't, once again, I hope, I hope that they can work this out and that Punk comes back to AEW and this all gets, and and then they can really make some money off of it long-term, like turn it into a work. It isn't currently. And I don't want to even imply that it is now, but like, turn it into a work like the MJF thing. I think that was a real thing that was turned into a work. I thought the, I thought the Cody Rhodes 
thing was a work. And that was real, real. I didn't think he was showing up to the WWE until he actually walked down on the ramp at WrestleMania. And I was like, oh my God, he actually did it. Like I thought, I, I thought everyone was getting work, including myself. Um, so, so yeah, I want to throw that out there. Listen, if CM Punk hears this somehow, um, I know he's going to be very upset about it. Um, I've made him mad in the past anyways. Like there's been, me and him have a little, he doesn't even know it. So I used to, I wrote, I wrote some videos about him before for like some really large YouTube channels that like got millions of views and he's blocked those channels after clearly seeing the videos and stuff. So like I, so I, it's one of those things where this isn't my first rodeo of like having controversial opinions about CM Punk, but at the same time, did you beat up CM it. Punk, Steven Jensen? No, I, I'm not going to eat, but I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be a, he's not intimidating though. That's the problem. Like, it's just one of those things, man. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like, I want to fight CM Punk. Cause I'm not trying to fight anybody, but like if he came at me, I wouldn't be afraid of him. If that makes, if that makes sense. And that, and that's why, yep. Sadiq knows. Um, so anyway, um, I, uh, I just want to throw it out there that like, I, I don't want to see him get fired, but like, if they have to make a decision, if it is an ultimatum of like the elite or, or the, or punk, I, I keep the elite, but hopefully they can all just get this figured out. But it seems like punk doesn't want to be there. And like, if he doesn't want to be there, you got to figure things out, but is he getting guaranteed money? You know, does he, you know what I mean? Is this part of it too? Is he getting guaranteed money? So like, if he gets out, he gets paid either way. So he doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, a steel's got to be gone for sure. Like there's no way you throw a chair in someone's face and keep your job. Like I, so there's a lot of layers to this. Uh, if you're a CM Punk fan for, I hope that, I hope that you get what you want out of this. I guess that's what I'll end it on is just saying like, I hope that, I hope that whether you want to see Punk in AEW or WWE or doing something different that you do get to continue to enjoy CM Punk if you're a fan of him. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you not to be a fan or to be a fan. Like if you are, you are and continue to support the guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to um, be a fan of what you're a fan of wrestling companies, wrestlers, whatever it is. But also keep in mind that people are going to have varying opinions. So if you don't agree with someone's opinion, like it's okay. You know, it's totally okay to, to not agree with me. It's okay. If I don't agree with you at the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. that just want wrestling to be better. And these kind of things, unfortunately put a big in muddy the waters of an otherwise which should have been a great night of professional wrestling for AEW. And it's unfortunate that we're just talking about this all day instead. So it's a great weekend of professional great wrestling. Great weekend. A lot of, a lot of Seth Rollins. I'm, I'm, Every, and I'm late to work. So I'm going to get, so I'm, I'm shooting, I'm shooting so hard that I'm going to be late to work now for my real job. So, um, but anyway, y'all I'm out of here. Um, Jeremy, close the show up. Thank you for everyone who joined. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, I honestly do appreciate every single person who's in the chat everyone who watches every week, anyone who drops a comment, who hits that thumbs up button, that subscribe button. Um, and I'm not always like this, y'all. So if you see me for the first time today and you're like, screw this guy, he's biased, he's an asshole. Oh, it's great. Trust me. But there's probably a lot of stuff that you would really like hearing, especially if you like independent wrestling. So we're here yeah. every Thursday morning. I know we got a lot of viewers today. We're here every Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And uh, now I do have to clock in for work before I start getting blown up as to why I'm not there. So Beyonce says we find out who else you need to shit talk and dedicate in each episode to you just shit talking somebody. So enjoy your shoot job. Listen, listen, I don't like shit talking people. I legitimately <laughs> don't. But like a very famous wrestling fan once said, sometimes you got to say what needs to be said. So I'm out of here. See you guys. Bye, Steven Jensen. Everyone. Uh, subscribe to, to Fightful Select. Steven Jensen does the Weekender. 
over there every weekend covering independent pro wrestling. You can follow him on Twitter at Fight Talk uh, underscore at Fight Talk underscore. Yeah, Steven, he should have just walked into work <laughs> trying to fucking run a wrestling business over here. I got time to show up to your shitty job. Steven Jensen in trouble. Uh, yes, guys, if this is your first time joining us, we are here every bring muffins. There you go. Uh, we are here every Thursday at 930 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we typically, as I mentioned off top, we typically cover WWE, AEW, other, which is like Impact, MLW, NWA, and, and the Indies. We each pick a topic from the, those companies or those categories, and, and we we shine a spotlight on those things. And then we have interviews with uh, concert creators or independent wrestlers and, and things like that. So we do a little bit of everything on the show. Today was a special episode because, as you can see, Steven Jensen had a lot to say today. Um, tremendous. Fucking tremendous. Cassidy Haynes was supposed to be our guest today. We bumped him for... For CM Punk, for Steven Jensen, uh, be wanting wanting to get a lot off of his chest. Maybe Cass will be on the show tomorrow. I don't know. He got bumped last week. Just keep bumping him. Apologies to Matt Dabin. Guys, thank you for joining us. You can head over to Fightful Overbooked. That is our, our secondary channel here on Fightful. We do a lot of different stuff uh, over there. We have a new episode of Tag Talk with Haley and Kylie. They were at All Out. So they had a live perspective on things. They cover all the world of uh, tag team wrestling and now trios wrestling as well. Um, we have Tim and Joel pod on Sundays. We have the series, which the series finale of the series, which is focused on CM Punk will hopefully be up this weekend, which uh, I'll look at the CM Punk and Hangman page match. I will not dive into the backstage politics and all of that that uh, is kind of dominating the news right now. It is strictly a look at what happens in the ring and the story that was told on television. So if you don't like the backstage drama stuff and you just like the wrestling matches and diving deeper into the wrestling matches, then hopefully you enjoy that series there. Um, a lot of stuff on, on Fightful Overbook. Go to Fightful Select. We're hitting new goals every day. I'm going to I'm going to destroy verbically. Uh, I'm going to do really good at this. I'm going to verbally and lyrically destroy Share Delaware in a rap battle because we hit 10,000 subscribers on Fightful Select. So keep subscribing, keep supporting. I think that's everything. Day After Dynamite. Day After Dynamite today at 3 o'clock here on this channel with Will Washington and a special guest. Uh, he, he'll be re recapping last night's Dynamite. So that'll, that'll be Will Washington. Everyone check that out. I think that's everything. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. We'll be back next week with a normal episode of this program. Talk to you all then. Bye, everybody. Enjoy your... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.